Sometimes when you're driving down the road all by yourself, you begin to hear a voice that tells you you need to look around, pay attention. Maybe something isn't quite right. That voice is me. It's the voice of Gord. Welcome to another episode of Voice of Gord. Today's show is another one of those that's not necessarily about the trucking business, somewhat tangentially related, but again, we're dabbling in Canadian politics. However, it's very important. If you live anywhere in the West, especially Canada or the United States, and, you know, g'day everyone down under. Uh, yeah, I'm syndicated on uh, Australian on-the-road radio. Uh, trucking radio network uh, down 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 in Australia. Yeah, we've all suffered greatly under the COVID psyop, and yeah, COVID's over, but there's still things going on in the background. And today's show is about one of those issues. Some gentlemen were arrested at the Coots, Alberta border blockade protest the day that the Emergencies Act was invoked in Canada in 2022, and those four men remain in prison under very shaky and disturbing circumstances. And today's guest is Miss Margaret McKay. You might know her as Granny McKay. She's taken it upon herself to be an advocate for these gentlemen, and she very graciously granted us some time to fill us all in on the particulars of this case. And I'd like to connect it to the January 6th guys down in the U.S., who many of whom are still stuck in a D.C. gulag, Guantanamo North, as it were, simply for, you know, perhaps not very wisely wandering into Congress during the, you know, proceedings of January 6, 2001, or, I'm sorry, 2021. But, you know, we, we supposedly live in these democracies with rule of law and, you know, e- equal protection and everyone getting their day in court. But our governments are throwing this stuff out the window, the regime. We, we, we live under a regime that's not interested in the needs, desires, dreams, wants of, of the people they're supposed to represent. They're they're long gone, and we need to do something about this. What that is, I don't know. But while crimes against their own citizens, like what's going on with the guys in Coots, the guys in January 6th, continue to take place, you know, the the rest of us and our freedoms are in question. It doesn't bother me at all. It might bother some of you. Some of you might have showed up at this podcast thinking it's an apolitical trucking show. Um, you know, I'm 24 episodes in by now. If you haven't figured out that's not the case, I don't know what to tell you. But, you know, I, I feel this one's very important, especially if you live in Canada. Uh, Margaret is doing the Lord's work and trying to keep some kind of light shown on this case because the media certainly aren't going to do it, especially in Canada. Craven sons of bitches, bastards they are. Anyhow... I really hope you guys uh, pay attention and maybe you can take a few minutes after listening. Maybe you're a truck driver. 
Maybe you're on your uh, forced ELD 10-hour break somewhere. Maybe you can write a letter to one of the four, one of the Coots Four guys. I mean, it doesn't take much. You know, a pen and a piece of paper, chuck it in the mail, and, you know, I'll, I'll leave all the information for you. Just say, hey, I heard about you on Gord's show, or maybe I heard about this prior to the prior to the podcast, and it's terrible what's happening, and you're a human being, and here's a letter to say, hey, you know, uh, something that simple. And I, I, would, I would really appreciate it if you guys could do that. Uh, we live in very strange times. And if you, you know, you get, we all get distracted by doom scrolling and all the nonsense with social media. Here's a real story about uh, real injustice happening to real people. A bunch of them are truckers, which makes them, you know, our comrades of the road. And, and you should care about what's happening to them. So, you know, if you're listening to this and you get a few minutes, write them a letter, maybe donate some money to Margaret to, to help facilitate whatever other advocacy or helping to pay for their lawyers anything like that it would be really appreciated and and remember you know we're being constantly lied to after many years of this covid regime a whole lot of people we know our various loved ones have fallen for those lies our our families have all been fractured but we have this situation and you can do the right thing and even if you can't write a letter or don't want to donate any money just keep an open mind, you know, just have a listen to this. And and remember, if it can happen to the Coots 4, if it can happen to the guys on January 6th, it can happen to you and your family too. All right, without any further delay, let's hear from Granny Margaret McKay. All right, good day, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Voice of Gord. I'm Gord. This is my voice. The other voice you're going to hear today is that of a very kind woman in Alberta that not many of you have probably ever heard of. Her name is Margaret McKay. She's probably more famously known as Granny McKay, and she seems to be one of the only people in Canada discussing the fate of these four men who took part in the Freedom Convoy protest blockade site at Coots, Alberta, who were then swept up by the RCMP, had a slew of bogus charges thrown at them, and to this day are still sitting in prison. And no one is saying anything about it except you, uh, Granny McKay. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you, and thank you for caring enough to, to share this story. Um, a few more people have climbed on <laughs> the the wagon here with the four men um it's far and few i won't lie uh, there's not many and um we're trying to scream it as loud as we can but as you know we're all very censored and uh but we're trying and we'll keep trying and we'll keep moving forward right so all right so not many people know about the coots four it's uh, can you remind us of all their names again okay it's uh chris lysick Jerry Morin, Tony Olianek, and Chris Carbert. Right. So they took part in the Freedom Convoy protest at Coots. And uh, as I understand it, right near the end of that uh, uh, blockade, like right around when it was getting cleared out, um, they yes. were arrested. And Yes, two of them were arrested on the 13th. All four of them were arrested separately. 
they lead you to believe they were huddled in the corner somewhere and they all got arrested at the same time. No, uh, they were all arrested separately. Chris Lysick was arrested first around nine o'clock in the evening on February 13th. Tony Olianek probably an hour and a half later. And then Chris Carbert would have been through the night sometime. And Tony, or, or I mean, Jerry would have been arrested, sorry, um, on his way to work the afternoon of the 14th, just south of Calgary. Right. So this is all February 2022. Yes. Most of my listeners will remember that's when the Freedom Convoy protests sort of swept across Canada. It's been a year, almost a year and a half now. Um, and these mm-hmm. these gentlemen are in remand and they're being held and yes. there's there's very murky circumstances around all this. Um, but before we get into that, can you just can you tell us how you got involved in these guys' stories? A little bit about yourself. Where do you live? Tell us all about Granny McKay. Okay. Well, my story started back basically in 2020. Um, at the start, uh, started to figure out what was going on in March, April, and knew some kind of shenanigans was going on, didn't totally understand it, Uh, moved up by just outside of Edmonton, Alberta. And that's when they started arresting pastors. So I started marching in front of a remand in Edmonton. Uh, Pastor Coates was arrested at that time. So I started then, and then I started thinking about all the lockdowns because we could only, um, I think it was five at a time outside you could gather in. And I've got a good family. I've got a great support system. But I started thinking about the the people out there that did not, the onesies, the single people that sitting in their places all by themselves. So I started mental health support wiener roast, like it was a support group and we had wiener roast. The police were chasing us around and circling our, our campsites and, but pushed through, pushed through. And then... January of 2022 came along and the convoy was heading east. I jumped in a truck, uh, myself, another lady and another man that we had met at the Wiener Rose. We barely knew each other, but we're heading east. Then I think it was in Manitoba. I jumped in with a lady uh, that was traveling from Kelowna that I had met at another rally. So Sarah and I headed east and we stayed the entire duration of the convoy um, in Ottawa. So in March, we started to head back west. And I had heard about some arrests. I kept asking people, are there people in jail? And nobody seemed to know anything. And nobody was talking about it. Some said, oh, no, they got released, people got released, because there was, I think, 11 or 14 that got arrested. And so I started asking people, and now we're in, we're going March, April, May, and I'm going, is anybody in jail? And I finally found out there were four men, two single fathers, an only child to an 80-year-old mother, and husband and father had been arrested and were still being held. One of them is in Medicine Hat, one, two are in Lethbridge, and one is in Calgary Maximum Security, if you can believe it. And to date, so nobody knew who I was. All of a sudden, this grandma comes out of the sidelines, starts screaming from the rafters for these four men. But my heart went to the parents initially. To the, it doesn't matter how old your kid is, they're always your kid. And I have a 35 year old son. So I thought, what if that was my kid? I'd want somebody trying to help them. Certainly. So I started 
I started a uh, page called Alberta Political Prisoners page to share information on who these men are. And this is on Facebook, correct? Yes. Now, you got to remember, I saw the government lie. I saw the media lie. And I saw the police brutality in Ottawa. So why would, in my mind, it's I've been thinking, why would it be any different at the Coots demonstration? It was the same type of people. It was the same shenanigans going on. So then I started saying, innocent until proven guilty, not presumed guilty and sentenced. That's not how this is supposed to work in Alberta. So then the family started reaching out to me. And then we had a, a little bit of a hiccup with some fundraising. Some people had taken some money. So now you got to remember, when I found these men and I found these families, they're scared, they're confused, they they don't know what to do. They The lawyers have been an absolute nightmare. Lawyers taking money, quitting, getting fired. Like it, the, the lawyers were a nightmare all on its own. So now I've got these families. I've got four men that had never met me. I'm going, oh my gosh, what do I do? So I said, you know what? I will fundraise for you. I will be an open book. Anytime you want to see the bank account, anytime you want to see anything, just ask and I will show you. So I earned you're, everybody's you're taking, trust. You're taking a role, um, not unlike Tamara Leach's role with the Freedom Convoy itself. But I've got everybody afraid to touch um, gifts and go. I've got people afraid to send an e-transfer. Yeah, well, got, I mean, you know, when, when the reason when, when when Trudeau and Freeland brought the hammer down on the banking system mm -hmm. on people simply for, you know, financially supporting those who are expressing their fundamental rights to protest, yeah. and then they come down on this economic hammer. Yeah, yeah it scared a lot of people. Like my yeah. old man donated fifty bucks to the convoy. And he called me up and he was all freaked out like they were going to freeze his bank account and he wouldn't be able to get his paychecks or pay his bills or do anything. Yeah. And so that's a real fear and it's a real issue. So slowly a trickle has been coming in to give, send, go. And it's a slow trickle. People don't touch it very well. But then I started the e-transfers, Operation Rescue at ProtonMail.com. And people started emailing. Then I said... I saw tens of thousands of people when I traveled to Ottawa and back. There were 65,000 people went through the Coots demonstration. All 65,000? 65,000 they, they figure went through the Coots demonstration down there. At one time so, or another. They weren't. Yeah, at one time or another. Yeah, there wasn't the 65,000 people there at once. No, not at once. Over the span of time, 65,000 different people. So I thought if all we need is 10,000 people to donate $200 each. And that will give us $2 million divided between four men. One of the, the lawyers is going to cost $360,000. Like these two of them have lost their businesses. They've sold off their gravel trucks, their um, landscaping equipment. They are selling everything and anything. Chris Lysick lost his bank account. They're not going to renew his mortgage. Like these guys are being treated so badly. And Jerry is not allowed to see his wife. Because when yeah. his wife went to find him when he got arrested in uh, February, they asked her to take a seat in the, the I guess, the lobby of the RCMP office or, or jail. And they came out and they arrested her and charged her. 
So now she's seen him once in the last 15 months. Right. So she can talk to him on the phone. Let's back up him. a little bit. So what exactly have, have these four men been charged with? What were the circumstances of their arrests? What's the what's been going on with all this? Like, why does the Canadian government want these guys in prison? What what's going on here? Well, on the thirteenth and fourteenth, they were arrested. And what happened on the fourteenth? The Emergency Act came into play. Coincidence? I hardly doubt it. I never talk too much about the details of of the case because it's it's the four men that need to explain, and they have their truth. So they've been charged with conspiracy to murder RCMP officers, a very serious federal charge. So in saying that, it's words on paper, it's a thought crime, and if there's evidence, then why have they been sitting in jail for 471 days? Right, well, get, I mean, if, going. If, with something this this serious of this great magnitude, I mean, yeah, plotting to murder police officers is pretty, pretty serious business. You would think the government would be in a humongous hurry to show this to the public in order to have convictions and yeah. Trudeau and the government can wave their dicks around mm -hmm. and, and parade themselves as the authoritarians that they actually are. And but none of this evidence has been forthcoming. No. And so the four men are anxiously wanting out of jail, as you can imagine. They're they're ready to go to court. So they were supposed to be going to court June 12th. And now the Crown has said they're not ready. And I'm thinking, okay, you were ready when you arrested them. And now it's been the court has been uh postponed till. 2024 unknown date and june 12th is now turned into what is called preliminary applications that's where they will challenge the uh wiretaps the uh search warrants etc so and and you got to remember they are literally being tortured they're in a remand jail which is a it's a holding place that transitions you and then puts you out with bail it's it's not a jail so on on, on the question about bail these guys have been denied bail, yes. obviously. And why have they been denied bail? Public hesitancy. The public might um, not have faith or trust in the justice system if they let them out. Who said this? <laughs> the judges. The judges that denied them. The Crown asked them to keep them in because it would cause a hesitancy and trust issues with the public did they give some rationale for this? Like, what do they mean by hesitancy and trust? Like, because they, of the seriousness of the charge, but the revolving door, everybody else is going in, coming out. Um, one guy in medicine hat had, um, was manufacturing pipe bombs and uh, was putting them in uh, residential areas. He was out within a couple hours and he was actually committing a crime. So, Current criminals, repeat offenders are coming in and out of the jails and they're looking at these guys and going, you guys are still here? Right. And so these four gentlemen, as I understand it, none of them have any kind of criminal record? I think one of them might have a juvenile record and the other three have never even had a speeding ticket. So, you know, clean, like virginal, like these are yeah. model citizens going to work every day, yeah. no problems, yeah. and they no. got swept up in coots. 
Um, yeah. I understand there's uh, possibly something going on with the accusations from two undercover RCMP officers. There were some female officers um, undercover, and I'm not exactly sure as soon as these guys can get out and talk about it, but they were acting like damsels in distress. And um, as the the male was trying to protect them and might have said something, you know, like, don't worry, we'll take care, we'll make sure we're all okay, and, and might have said something he probably shouldn't have. But again, trying to make a woman feel safe with a bunch of officers standing in front of her with guns. So, and um, like I said, two of them were videotaping. One was videotaping at the time he got arrested. And the other one, 10 minutes prior to his arrest, was videotaping and said, I wish the officers would put their guns down and come have coffee with us. And 10 minutes later, he's in the back of a car. And 471 days later. 471 days as of recording, which is May 30th, 2023. Yeah. Uh, no, no bail, no trial. Um no evidence shown by the crown has there been discovery yet between the two representatives between the crown and their lawyers there's disclosure that has been given to the man and the and the lawyers all kinds of disclosure it's a hodgepodge of paperwork on a thumb drive and uh, they made sure that all the headers and all the organized part of the the documents is just a mess so, right so that 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 tracks because i followed the Public Order Emergency Commission, which looked into the circumstances around the Freedom Convoy protests, and the lawyers for uh, Freedom Corp also said that they literally had thumb drives full of documents just dumped on them. None of yeah. them were in order. They were basically way behind from the get-go in trying to organize all of these yeah. totally disorganized government documents and they lost a lot of time just trying to make everything straight, which, yeah, just you know, th th this is the tactic the government uses to slow things down, mm -hmm. to make it more difficult for the defense. And it sounds to me like what's going on here tracks with um, what's been going on with the January 6 prisoners who are involved yeah. in the, um, you know, what happened in DC when Donald Trump lost that election. And, those guys were kept in Gitmo-like conditions. A lot of them didn't get charged or have anything, you know, didn't get their legal processes taken care of in a timely fashion or at all. Uh, it's hard to follow that one because, again, the only time the media will talk about it is in an antagonistic fashion, and it's hard yeah. to get legitimate information. There's there's a there's a woman in America named Julie Kelly, or is it Julie or Megan Kelly, uh, a lady who works for this online magazine called American Greatness. And she's been doing sort of the work you're doing in advocating for these guys and saying, hey, you know, there's 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 legal processes here. These are, you know, innocent until proven guilty, you know, but the, the way the government's handling it, it sort of smacks that, you know, these guys are enemies of the state and are not being accorded normal procedures like other people would have. In, yeah. Yeah. In there's court. seasoned lawyers, you know, that have 25 to 40 years of experience and they're going, they've never seen anything like this. Yeah. It, it speaks for itself. 
And uh, a lot of people say, oh, they must be guilty if they're kept in. And I'm saying, or they don't want the truth to come out. And again, it's a form of torture. When dead time is a form of torture. It's a psychological, it's, it's like it's actually recorded. If you don't know a day when you're going to get out, if you're just hanging there waiting, it is a it is mental torture. So we've got people writing letters all across the country. Um, I just had somebody contact me from Georgia and asked me, what can we do? And I said, write the guys, give them news. They've just got mainstream media. I said, tell them what's going on out in the world. Tell them what's going on in your neighborhood, but just mail them letters and, and talk to them. They need that connection. And Lethbridge has held back hundreds of letters from Chris and Chris. Chris and Chris are in Lethbridge in different wings, but they're being withheld a lot of mail. So I always say you have to put it on white paper, white envelope, no stickers, no decals, blue ink, black ink, no gel pens. Do not give them a reason to not have your letter get through. And what's the rationale for holding up all of this other communication? Just, it was a card. It was, see, Jerry and Tony get to go into a room and they can see their mail. Chris and Chris keep getting notifications. Mail has been sent to the holding place for their mail, whatever it's called. I can't remember, but they just, it's a person. you got to remember at the end of the day, it's people that are doing stuff like Chris Lysick for 11 months had shoes that were too small. He's a big boy. He was 313 pounds when he went in, 6'5", size 15, wide feet. They gave him shoes that his feet would not fit in. So he cut the toes off the end of the feet so his foot could get into the shoe. He had blisters for 11 months. It, it's just horrible, The some of the things that they've done. They have to buy salt. Salt isn't even a a, a thing that they can just have, but they can have packets of sugar but they can't have salt. They have to buy it. Yeah, there's the sort of Kafkaesque treatment going on here. I mean, mo most people, most of the folks that are going to listen to this show won't know what it's like to go to jail, be held in remand, go to prison for something. I'm assuming most of my listeners haven't really had too many run-ins with the law, but like a lot of people don't understand what it's actually like to be a captive of the state well, and, and then, then have a health, and the treatment health issue in the, the, the treatment that they give people while they're mm -hmm. in jail. You know, I, 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 um, I'm a big fan of Jeremy McKenzie, another enemy of the state who has basically not really done anything wrong except criticize the government and the RCMP. You know, he, he criticized the handling of the Porta Peak massacre and the government hasn't been leaving him alone ever since. And he did 60 odd days in Saskatoon in a remand center there. And then they eventually let him go. And, and his court stuff is still pending, but like he's basically on house arrest in Nova Scotia. And, you know, the, the stuff that went on when he was in Saskatoon was pretty ridiculous yeah. as well. And like, you know, the, this petty nonsense, well, you can have sugar, but you can't have salt. You know, s salt is vital to human life. It's vital to the function of your of various systems in your body, whereas sugar just makes you fat and it's a luxury item. You mm -hmm. know? Yeah. And, and if you've got like Tony's, uh, he's got a, he's got gluten issues. So they've got him on a different type of diet. Um, but he started having some gut problems again here and uh, to try and get him help. And the nurse was getting upset at him because I had contacted a phone number somebody gave me and boy, whoever this woman was, she had 
she had Paul because they were all told they had to attend to Tony now. So anyhow, the nurse was mad. She says, who is this woman? They were talking about me. And uh, like he, she was furious with me. And Tony says, you know what? I'm innocent until proven guilty and I deserve health care. And like, they're not guilty. And even if they are guilty, criminals still have a right to health care. It's, it's just, it's shameful. These people have power and they're using it over top of these people. So in, in your capacity as an, as an advocate for these gentlemen, you know, you're dealing with lawyers, you know, tr trying to get their health looked after, dealing with their families. Like uh, how much of your time is being focused on this project right at the moment? Yeah, I've actually surrendered, surrendered my life to this. Um, this is all I do. I literally, I'm, I'm okay. I have a good family. They take care of me. They know what I'm doing. I've had people fundraise to help me with my gas money. I don't need much to live. Like I honestly, it's, this is not a financial, like the guys are constantly thanking me. And I said, I feel privileged and honored to be your voice. And, and somebody has to do it because these four men may just be four men, but they represent every Albertan in this province. Because if these four men don't get justice, none of us have justice. None of us. So Alberta just had a provincial election last night and um, Danielle Smith uh, re retained premiership of the province with her United Conservative Party. Um, has Ms. Smith done anything to speak on behalf of these guys? Has she used any of whatever power she may have? Uh, in it would have position? been political suicide if she'd have done it before the election, to be honest. Um, I've called her out many times. I've actually spoke to her face to face. And um, she says she can't do anything, but I believe she can. These are her four citizens. Somebody has to hold the system accountable. And I'm hoping now that she's been elected in, I'm hoping now she will speak up for these four men. She can't wave her magic wand and make it go away, but she can make the process happen. She could put an ankle bracelet on them, stick them in a house somewhere, but get them out of the system. Like they don't belong in the system. Let them out to work. They want to make their own money, but let them out so they can defend themselves. Like Jerry's in a maximum security for crying out loud. Like that's insane. Like, so I'm hoping and praying she will do something. Has there been any other assistance forthcoming from any other uh, political government or community entities at all? None. Zero. Wow, that's amazing. Um, so th 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 I'm I'm not 100% familiar with all the various media figures back home. There's a few who are constantly online making noise about many things, um, in particular Mr. Ezra Levant with Rebel News, who has, you know, to his credit, done a lot of work for uh, Arthur Pavlovsky, and, and made plenty of noise about that. Um, he's been very effusive in his praise of Tamara Lich and the Freedom Convoy. Um, wh where is he or someone else of his media stature on, on this issue? I think at the start, he might have had a few lawyers that were helping. But the moment it became a federal charge, they were dropped like hot potatoes. And they've never done anything to help. Mr. Levant is a lawyer himself, is he not? As far as I understand... Like I said, um, 
I don't understand it. I don't understand why none of nobody will help them. Like I said, um, but we have heard through rumor, an officer saying to one of the family members, this came from an office in Ottawa and they were told to not let these four men out. I don't doubt that at all. I mean, we saw the government malfeasance and all of their lies and mishandling of the freedom convoy. And I mean, all the receipts came out of that during the public order emergency commission, but you know, it's very hard to get any accountability or get any action out of this government. Like as we've seen, you know, Trudeau, Oh, I'll have a special rapporteur for this Chinese election interference. And what do you know? He didn't find anything. The public order emergency commission said he was within his rights to, go nuclear on the freedom convoy even though he just spent you know how, how long did the poec go like six weeks of evidence no violence the cops said there was nothing no connections to any of these reports of guns everything the media said was proven to be a lie but the the government just keeps going right yeah. like they will not relent on dissent yeah and so i think there, there's like a much larger issue here there and is. just what's going on in Canada, what's going on with the Coots 4, what's going on uh, with the gentlemen in the January 6th protest in D.C., you know, the yellow vests in France. Uh, Western civilization, governments in Western countries now do not represent the people anymore. They represent corporations. They represent themselves. They represent these powerful forces. And they don't know what to do with the sort of you know, populist revolt against them for lack of a better term. Like, you know, some people want to call it Trumpism because it sort of started to coalesce around the presidency of Donald Trump. But like people the world over have had enough of their governments just basically not representing them. And like this is what's happened with these Jensen Coots is basically part of like a, a wider, larger crackdown where the mm -hmm. state's basically saying, okay, you get your little playpen of protest over here, but if it gets too far out of hand or you guys actually start having some success in influencing other people and you threaten our power, we're just going to get mow you, you know? Yeah. And something that a lot of people don't know about what happened in Guantanamo Bay is that the American government ran that, you know, prison facility there. And, you know, over the, course of while Gitmo was open and it's still open something like 800 and some odd guys were arrested detained taken there and something the American public doesn't really know because again the media doesn't ever talk about anything when the government screws up you have to like find little independent media people that you're or it's like on page 87 of the New York Times website in a little tiny part is that over 700 of the guys that were taken to Guantanamo Bay were eventually released, never charged with anything. They just got picked up. They got picked up by bounty hunters in mm -hmm. Afghanistan, Pakistan. You know, the American government was throwing money around looking for anybody who could get their hands on. And I, I believe there's only 70, 75, 80 people left at um, Guantanamo Bay who I, I guess would legitimate terrorists, air quotes, mm -hmm affiliated with the Taliban, whatever. But like 90% of the people that were taken there were eventually let go after yeah. having spent 10 years, 15, scary. nearly, scary. 20, nearly 20 years of their lives. Mm -hmm. And they're completely innocent. 
And so what are we having now? We're going to have Guantanamo Bay in Canada. And something that really annoys me was this Omar Cotter thing. Like everybody in the Canadian media spent years focusing on the fact Prime Minister Stephen Harper allowed Omar Cotter to go to Guantanamo Bay. And, you know, you can think what you will about that situation. But the point is here is the media were all over it, over this kid who is an Afghan, whose father sent him back to Afghanistan. He got caught up in this situation. But for years, the CBC, every media institution, all the universities, everybody was on board trying to defend Omar Khadr, having been sent to Gitmo. And now we have these four guys in Alberta, Canadian citizens. Mm-hmm. Not much in the way of evidence has been shown that they did. they've done anything. And radio silence. Yep. Right. And like the, that's the that's, major that's, part. That's disgusting. Yeah. yeah. It's it's frightening how quiet it is. Like, um, and you can only imagine their families. Like, there's seven children involved in this. Oh, it's torture. I'm I have a mm-hmm. five year old and a three year old upstairs here, and I cannot imagine anything else that would rip my heart out more yeah. than if someone dragged me away and my kids had no yeah. idea if they're ever going to well, see their. Family. One of the one of the children cried for four months four months like just and it's it's destroying the, the families like you can only imagine what it's done like it's it's heartbreaking and the repair that it'll never happen like chris carbert's lost his father he's lost his brother wasn't allowed at their funerals he's had um seven family members die in the last 471 days and uh, you can only imagine how he's trying to deal with it like he's one thing about chris carbert he's always helping others he uh, has had the longest standing Bible study in Lethbridge. And um, by helping others, he's helping himself because it, it, there was a point where he didn't want to come out of his cell anymore, but he came out of his cell to help others. So he's a good man. It's heartbreaking. June 12th. Yes. Can you fill us in on what's happening there again? So June 12th is the preliminary applications where they will um, challenge the wiretaps, the search warrants, and et cetera. Now, what can happen out of that? I don't know. If something was illegal, if the process was not the way it's supposed to be, could they get out? I don't know. Nobody nobody knows. As you know, it's upside down clown world right now. You know, we don't know. There's been lies told. Like um, there's an officer, Roberta McHale, and she did a press release. I think it was February 14th. And she, her words, and I don't know if it was scripted or whatever, but she, the lie came out of her mouth. She said the four came in separate to the Coots demonstration. Well, I've got videos and I've got pictures that can prove Chris, Chris, and Tony came in separately on day one. They came in with their own friends, their own vehicles, their own trailers, their own gravel truck. Well, they were there on day one. So what part of coming in separate to the, to the rest of the demonstration did that happen? Jerry was there, I think, maybe two and a half, three days and a few hours. So how did these four come in separate to the rest of the demonstration? So will there be a retraction? No. But did it influence public out there that these guys were bad guys huddled in the corner somewhere? So the lie, that one lie alone did so much damage and no retraction, no accountability, nothing. Yeah, it's like it's like they're trying to poison the well for these guys um, because a lot of this stuff takes place in the court of public opinion. Yeah, um, the the, re- the regular courts, you know, that the, they're sclerotic and they have their processes and whatnot. 
But when it appears that these gentlemen are being used as political pawns yes. and, and in politics, what actually goes on in the actual court of law doesn't matter to the regime or the people in charge, um, especially lately. And so it, it seems that the, 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 the purpose here is to basically tar these guys as terrorists again because like you know this is what they did to the freedom convoy they 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 lied about the people who supposedly connected to it they said we were all nazis and flag waivers then it turns out you know in the poec CSIS said yeah we know who the flag guy is but due to national security concerns we can't identify who he is well that's that's code for he was a fed he was planted there Yep. Right. One of the guys that had a rebel flag showed up at POEC and said, yeah, it was me. I'm a contractor. I live in Ottawa. It was just to express solidarity with, uh, you know, freedom and secession, you know, and, and the media ignored that, you know, that they have a narrative. They drive their narrative. They lie. Yep. It was shown in POEC that Mendocino's people were working with the media before the convoy even got to Ottawa. Like the convoy was already railroaded before it even started. Oh, yeah. And we are seeing this now. They're doing it in a different way with these gentlemen and coots. Instead of like being overt about it, they're just, they've gone, they've flipped. And it seems like they're just doing code of silence now. And if anybody does talk, it's like maximum, you know, oh yeah, they conspired to shoot yeah. cops. Yeah. and Because there is officers in the background and they're saying they know this isn't right. They know things are wrong. There's guards going, this is wrong. You guys don't belong in here. There's many people within the system they know, but won't step up. I keep asking for a whistleblower because I know people out there know the truth, but aren't willing to share the truth because of fear. Um, well, I mean, look what happens. So we, we have mm -hmm. to bring it back to Trudeau for a minute. So we have all this CSIS information that has come out about the Chinese Communist Party interfering in Canadian politics going back to the administration of Brian Mulroney in the mid-1980s. There's evidence showing that the Chinese Communist Party materially and financially interfered in the 2019 and 2021 elections. All of it's been brought forward by CSIS. And so what does Trudeau do? What does the media do? They blame the whistleblowers. They say CSIS is the problem. They shouldn't be blowing this information out, right? So, like, if you're a whistleblower that knows something that's going to exonerate these four guys and you look out into the media and you look out at the, what the government does to people that come with righteous, true information and release it, you must think to yourself, what are they going to do to me? And that's right. And, and, you know, you look at what's happened over the last three years, but, you know, doctors, lawyers, et cetera, or police officers that have stepped forward. It's been a nightmare. So I, I get it. But there's also four men and their families. And, and I get it. it. It There is no easy, easy answer to this. Um, all we can do is just keep pushing forward. I started a bumper sticker campaign because we don't have media, so, but we've got millions of vehicles across Canada. I think I've got, I don't know, 1,100 across Canada right now from East Coast to West Coast, and they are working. People do ask questions. People want to know what this is about. Like I was going through Tim Hortons the other day, and the girl looked at the bumper sticker, and she said, are those guys from Coots? And I said, yes, 470 days in, in a remand jail. 
She goes, you know, I didn't necessarily agree with what was going on down there, but this is wrong. So people are waking up, even if they don't believe in what went on. This is wrong. So wrong. Yeah, there's been so many things that have gone so wrong in the last few years. You know, I call myself an angry expatriate because ever since I left Canada, it seems to have all gone to shit. And it's just gotten worse since um, the Wuhan plague overreaction, what I like to call it, because yeah. governments just use this crisis because that's how they rule now. They move from one crisis to the next. Yes. They can't just like leave things alone. And you know, Trudeau has done so much that. wrong to Canada. Yeah. And yeah. I the, the the treatment of these, these four gentlemen mm -hmm. yeah. uh, as pawns in this sort of larger game where the government wants to avoid accountability it just drives me nuts i can't like yeah. oh I and that's can't. the thing i can i anything that comes my way i'll deal with whatever it is you know if, if we have to garden or whatever we got to do if we the lights go off whatever we will deal with it what i can't handle is four men behind a locked door and no due process that i can't tolerate i i can't i can't let it go i can't stop I'm like a dog with a bone when it comes to this. I, I'm constantly thinking. I started talking to lawyers. Everybody says, don't waste your time with lawyers. No, there's still good people out there somewhere. And I I said, 4 million Albertans in this province, and I don't know how many of us know about these guys, but we are the public and we are watching a crime happen right before our eyes. What's happening to these men is criminal. It is it is against the law as far as I'm concerned. In fact, I call it kidnapping. They have been kidnapped right in front of us and are being tortured right in front of us. Well, we should be able to go after somebody for accountability. Who? You know, uh, the, what's it called? Chandro, you know, the justice minister. Or is it the governor general? Who is supposed to be held accountable? Who is supposed to be watching over these people? Well, maybe it's us. Yeah, but I was going to say, you, you've, you've stepped into that breach and, and good on you for it. Um, what what can people do to help? Is there somewhere they can donate? Is there places they can share information? Yeah. Um, what what uh, can they do? To, to tell everybody listening what they could possibly do to okay. help. Okay. First and foremost, we need to get the word out there. Money is important, but sharing is as important, if not more important. And going to Alberta Political Prisoners page on Facebook and share it. There's letters from the guys. There's letters from Jerry's wife. There's all kinds of information about who these men are and what's happening. Just share, share, and share some more. Do not underestimate your power of one. Like, I'm just one, and look what's happening. Lots is happening. So never underestimate the power of that share button. If you can help financially, and you're not scared of the give, send, go, you just search my name, Margaret Mackay, and you will find the four man's give, send, go. Or you can e-transfer to Operation Rescue at ProtonMail.com. All this information is on that, that Facebook page. And if you have time, send the man a letter. Honestly, this is their mental health. You can only imagine what their mental health is like. The letters they've received to date, at least 600. And every letter means something to them. It just... it. Tony, all Tony has, Tony is in a medicine hat. He's got a phone card and a pen. He has nothing else. Like he's got no hobby room. He's got nothing. So all he does is 
write letters. And I mean, he he won't be able to return letters to um, the States because he won't be allowed to post outside of Canada. But he he writes letters back to everyone and he's made phone calls to many. Like I said, and then we're, we're we do fundraising. We have silent auctions and et cetera. We do what we can. But yeah. Just... What if you're somebody that lives in Alberta? That's that can maybe show some support on this date on June 12th. On, January, on June 12th, if you can come out, it's not a protest. It's not a rally. It is public coming, public support coming forward. We want no F Trudeau signage. All we want is signs that has justice on it. That's it. We want to get the message out loud and clear. So white signs with just justice, one word wear white t-shirts and let's just stand in solidarity and show that we are the public opinion that we stand with these four men. That's it for now. Like I <laughs> just keep doing what we're doing. All right. Well, well thank you very much, Margaret. Uh, I really appreciate you standing up for these guys. I've found very few friends and allies the last couple of years. Uh, as many of my listeners, many people, well, I've known, you know, the sort of, you know, Wuhan plague psyop has really torn society asunder. It's horrible. And the, the it's it's ongoing. These four men are, are are still in limbo, and that's it's just disgusting. I want to thank you very much for well, for thank your you for efforts. You doing it, like, and, and, like and, people and, like you, we need people like you. We need help. And um, you're a voice. And so, like I said, and I'll tell the man all about you. I talk to them regularly and I'll tell them about about you and what you're doing. And I already know they'll be they're so grateful. Right. So grateful. Well, if you can, everybody write a letter, chip in a few bucks, uh, pay attention, uh, speak about it with other folks. You know, th this is a modern Western democracy and we have political prisoners in foul year of our Lord 2023. And that's wrong. And you're allowed to say that it's wrong. And you're allowed to say that what's going on here needs to be corrected. Well, I thank your listeners for what, for anything they do. Like, even if it's just a share button. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you for coming on, Margaret. And, um, you know, uh, good luck and way of the road.